This is almost like season four. So, welcome <laughs> to episode 51 of the Black in Fashion podcast. I cannot believe I am at episode 51. Um, but I know I'm in a can't stop, won't stop type of atmosphere. I appreciate everyone that has been tuning in to the podcast. I just want to take a second and acknowledge all of my sponsors. I want to acknowledge The Rich Nurse, Nisha Star Aesthetics, and Wear Lapels. All three of these are Black-owned businesses. Um, Wear Lapels is actually an accessory brand for men and women. Um, you can take an additional 80% off using cold black fashion. You can also check into Rich Nurse. They have your nurse's essentials and as well as Nisha Star said as she promotes self-care through spa and therapy. So make sure you check out her website as well. Everything will be in the show notes. So today I am joined by Miriam Moi Sharif. I love that Moi. I feel like I say that very essential. <laughs> say hi Miriam. Hi everyone. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really excited. Me too. So Miriam Washarif is a brand strategist with brand I cannot say the word strategist to save my life. <laughs> strategist. Strategist, right. I always say strategist, and, I'm like, and I always get corrected. Strategist with 13 years of substantial communications, public relations project management and image develop experience. She has a unique combination of technical and marketing skills that have resulted in launches that have increased revenue and brand value for award-winning clients in various industries. Persuasive, seasoned professional experience in all aspects of developing and managing multiple teams and campaigns. Miriam's extensive e- Experience derives from orbiting across the fields of fashion, beauty, technology, finance, sports, leisure, lifestyle, travel, and entertainment industries. She has collaborated with several million-dollar brands to develop strategies, campaigns, productions, TV casting, amongst others. That is quite the resume. <laughs> Thank you. I yes, love it. I've been orbiting this world of entertainment and fashion for um since i left uh, college so and even prior to that really amazing so i like to just start like a little little icebreaker it's called this or that and you just tell me like which one like you prefer uh over the other okay Ooh, i am a fan of icebreakers yes uh, yes so uh mules <laughs> or wedges um mules side boob or under boob mm, under mm. Um, <laughs> one shoulder or completely off the shoulders? Completely off. Motorcycles or trenches? Mm, motorcycles. Flare leg or fitted leg? A fitted. Yes, love. Okay. All right. So our first segment is um, somebody in the media this week that you just like felt slayed I know it's hard to slay during this quarantine but there was there anyone that you saw um celebrity or non-celebrity reality star that you was just like okay this branding is on point um yeah uh one of my clients actually that I really work with and um love that she's not letting this quarantine life really stop her hustle um I work with Hanifa official and she's been working with like digital 3d models now for you know since we can't really use real models she's been using 3d models to sell her stuff online and it looks amazing and it's very 
um, innovative. And I think that's like awesome that she's really honing on that skill and um, really taking fashion and tech to a new level, especially as a black um, designer. So I really, really love that. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of those and not, you know, it's really amazing. Gotcha. I actually did see that because I went on her mm-hmm. website because I saw um, a top that I really, really wanted. And I was looking at the models. I'm like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Is it, <laughs> at first, I, it took me a little step back. I'm like, oh, my God, these are virtual models. This is so cool. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I just saw it like two days ago. I was like, oh, okay. Yes, girl, you yep. better utilize that technology. You got to utilize it. And I think that's going to be a, a big wave moving forward. So I'm kind of excited that she's like one of the one of the first few people that started this. Absolutely. So let's start by, uh, can you tell us a little bit about like your background, where you grew up um, um, and like where you're from? Yeah. So um, I'm actually 100 percent African. Um, my family. Hello. Like Morocco, then my father's side, they're more from um, West Africa. So um, we're, we're like Arabs and um, Blacks as well. So the whole like mixing. But um, I'm, I grew up in a very cultural environment. So I'm very family oriented. I grew up around Philadelphia. Um, so both sides of me, I think you could pretty much put me in any room and I can talk to anybody. It's just a very diverse area that I grew up in, very cultural and just very friendly, um, also hard and rough, of course, from the Philadelphia area. But um, I think I wouldn't want to grow up anywhere else because I can fit anywhere, really. I always say that. Nice. Love that. What was, like, the fuel, the inspiration and motivation behind pursuing, like, um, you know, fashion? I didn't just say fashion, just marketing as a whole, marketing and brand sh- strategy. Um, I think because of growing up, I always felt like well people told me I had to choose because I was big in beauty and I was big in fashion like I went to cosmetology school um while I was in high school my high school was a Votech and then I was just trying to figure out like okay I want to go to college but I just finished like cosmetology so do I just go work at a salon and like build myself up to be like a celebrity hairstylist makeup artist whatever because I was involved in all of that but then I'm like no I want to go to school and learn fashion so um when I when I decided to go to Howard University I learned they had like fashion merchandising, which was not designed because I knew I could not sew for anything, (laughs) but I wanted to learn the business side of it. And I was so excited when I knew about fashion merchandising at that time. It was like still fairly new. It wasn't a big program. Um, So I really enjoyed learning that you can do the business side of whatever industry that you want to do because they didn't really promote that. It was either like you are a hands-on worker or like the back behind the scenes people never really got the praise or I didn't really know too much about that side. So um, that's why I always wanted to learn more about the business side of any industry. So fashion, beauty, entertainment, just the people in the back. Like I'm the one that looks at the catalogs or um, any magazine. And I want to look at the credits to see, oh, who was the stylist? Who was the makeup artist? Who was the, the set designer? Who were the photographers? Like I'm always looking at people like that. Gotcha. love that. The behind the scenes people are always so underrated. <laughs> So underrated. Like, and they, they actually do good and they get paid too. So yeah. it's just like I wish kids in um other schools like they really talk more about those type of jobs that are available for for you. I know now they do though. Like the whole creative world is really booming. 
Yeah, I um, I feel like I, I've swayed a lot of different fashion designers to pursue product development and production management degrees when they're going to school mm-hmm. and stuff. Because, yeah, we can be a fashion designer, but there's so many technical design jobs and product development and production where, of course, you could be a designer. That's a given. But to get like in the industry and get a really good paying job, product development yep. and production is definitely the way to go. And we're on the back end, you know. Yep, yep. Yeah. Love and it's that. so needed, yeah. yeah. Um, let's discuss, like, your love, like, for, like, being behind the scenes and, you know, how you started to pursue your entrepreneurship journey. Um, I actually worked in corporate for, since I graduated, I wanted actually wanted to be a buyer. That was my whole point of going to school. I wanted to be a fashion buyer, travel to Milan, and, and just, like, live this fabulous life of Deborah Wears Prada. But, um, yes. yeah, <laughs> it was not that. <laughs> It was not that. Um, being a buyer, you are literally at your desk uh, 24 hours a day. You're buying into numbers. It's more so technical. It's not um, It's not the merchandising side that I thought it was going to be. So, And it's like a whole 25 steps before you even become a physical, like, mainstream buyer. Mm-hmm. So um, it's the whole, like, career path that you have to go down. So starting off as, like, an allocator and working your way up to assistant buyer. And then, um, like, 10 years later, you're finally a buyer. If you look, a lot of buyers are actually a lot older, um, more mature in age because of the longevity that you, you know, you have to go down before you actually become that role. So I realized that I just, I'm, I'm very impatient. And I was like, hmm, 11 years. <laughs> I can't do this for 11 years. So um, I just started, I went back into beauty. I was like, okay, well, can I use my skills that I've learned from like the whole buying world in the beauty world? And then, you know, of course, I didn't know there were other work, there were other jobs and other career paths that I can go down. So I joined a company that was like fairly new. We were, this is when hair extensions, it just came out like the really expensive, like $300 bundles. Mm-hmm. And you needed like six, six packs to like do your hair. So Working with a lot of celebrity clientele, that's when I started um, getting into, like, the whole campaigning and branding because we were working with um, a lot of prominent uh, movies and uh, celebrities. We were doing fashion campaigns and different things like that, but we were the hair hair providers for these women. So that's when I really fell in love with the behind the scenes and campaigning and everything that has to do with the glam world, but on a higher, more luxe um, realm. So that's when I made friends and started uh, connecting with different type of celebrities and in their, in their stylist, their hairstylist. And I got into like the hairstylist world, the celebrity hairstylist world. And um, that's how I wrote. They were the plugs. <laughs> They're the yeah, ones who they are the plugs. Really, you really get like, if you want to get something on your client, cause they trust them and they love them, you know, they're the closest to them with their makeup artists. So their whole, that's when I really fell in love with like the whole glam team. And um, I connected with like my first, which was like Tokyo style. Started working with him. I did his uh, hands on tour. And um, so it was a lot of things like I just like went down this road, like this path that I was going down and um, everything just kind of started making sense to me. So I was figuring out on the way, like I didn't know, but things were just aligning. And a lot of my skills came from, of course, school and then working in corporate and all the things I learned from my first jobs. Nice. So what would you say was the biggest struggle when you started out in your entrepreneurship? Um, I would say the I didn't have like the stability of like my my corporate pay <laughs> and oh, my yeah. <laughs> corporate health insurance and like you know every two weeks I just knew my like I was my account was going to be looking great you know so 
just that stability that I did not have anymore was hard for me to adjust with because I was so used to just like, oh, I spend it now. I'll get it next week. Mm-hmm. But no, I had to learn how to budget. I had to learn accounting. I had to um, get my own health insurance. I had to create a business that was like something I was like, oh, I'm, I need to like have a name. I need an LLC and, you know, things like that. So I was just working just saying, oh, I'll just use my, you know, my tax return for this when even that tax returns um so just had to get structured and really establish a business and establish myself as a professional create a website and have my business cards and things that were handed to me because I was in corporate Mm -hmm. but now being on my own I was like oh shoot I have to do this nobody's gonna hand it there's no marketing department you know I'm my marketing department did you find it hard to, I guess, once you got um, at a certain space where you feel like you needed help with, like, accounting and help with, like, maybe, like, business stuff, did you find it hard to, like, trust people to, like, be able to take on, like, your, your that workload for you? Um, I think I, the biggest thing and the biggest advice that I received from mentors were you have to learn it yourself first so nobody can ever, like, trick you or fool you into thinking that this is what it is when you know it's not right so my biggest thing was I learned myself I learned um just on a basic I was already good with excel so basic spreadsheet for my numbers and um for things that I didn't know google was a big like educator for me I learned a lot on there I read a lot I listened to a lot of podcasts I listened to just whoever I felt was doing it right already without mm-hmm. me having to pay um if they put out any type of information I was just like study and, and try to learn on my own, it wasn't until um, I just felt like I needed the help. Like I couldn't do it on my own anymore. I always tell people like, they're like, oh, I need to hire you as a manager, this and that. And I'm like, if you can still handle your own like workload, if you can still handle everything on your own, then you don't need to like outsource. Just keep, just keep doing it until you are literally like, damn, I can't handle this anymore. There's so much work coming in. There's so much money that I have to put onto my spreadsheet every month. Like then right. you can hire makes yeah, sense but at least you already know gotcha. when you okay yeah I feel like that is something that I get often like from like my clients and stuff and it was just like you know I feel like that the whole just managing everything on your own I think is just hard within itself and it's like mm-hmm. at the same time you're learning and you're trying to manage everything it's just yeah. I, think it, I think it's like a big struggle especially for you know people who are more so like in the creative field and they're not looking for you know looking for like not even looking for it but don't know how to do that stuff at all you know, probably mm-hmm. they have never looked at a sale a day in their life and then like trying mm-hmm. to figure that out plus to bring in the market. I know it can, t- you know, can be like overwhelming, mm-hmm. but you got to yeah, keep on with your You do. And then find cheaper alternatives. There's other like, um, there's different websites and different apps that can mm-hmm. help you manage those type of things. You don't have to like fully go hire like an accountant. Right. I just always try to look for like the most cost efficient way to do things before I leap into um, a more like, monthly type of situation gotcha gotcha um when you first started out um when first starting out um as a new fashion business how crucial would you say it is as to create a branding strategy like would you say that that should start like in the product development like when they're starting phase or do you think they could they can wait until they actually have something like what do you feel is like the the most crucial portion for starting that branding strategy um, I think that should be an initial thought in the beginning of like you, let's say you're you're wanting to create a business. So pretty much your business is your company. It's the organization that's going to produce the product or service that you that you want to sell. Right. Your brand is going to be your image, your identity, you know, what it is that you want to project to your consumers and how your business is perceived out there in the world. 
So all of that comes in hand to hand. And then how you market it is probably like the last step. And that's going to be how um, you put it out there, how you advertise. So those are your campaigns and stuff. So everything goes hand in hand. In hand. So I would say that um, when you say I'm about to create a business, I'm about to start any type of project or service, those are thoughts that are aligned. Like you can't really miss those steps. Gotcha. So um, let's discuss like digital marketing, social media, and like why it's important to understand every aspect of the brand um, as it grows to reach their target consumers. Yeah. Um, so social media is, is big right now, especially right now as we're going to talk about like quarantine mm-hmm. and what's going on is they have all eyes on brands. So this is not the time for brands to be like, oh, I can't do anything. Like I used the Hanifa example, which I thought was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, this is actually the best time to really be promoting yourself. Like ads are actually doing major numbers right now because people have no, like they have time on their hands. So they're actually going to click. Like if I see an interesting ad, And I know people can't create content right now, but you have older content that you can, you know, maybe just spruce up a little or um, if it's older, maybe they haven't seen it before. Now you can use that for an ad. You might have had it on your website or you might have had it on your IG page, but now you can use it for an ad on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, like everything. So um, revamping old stuff that you have, like utilize it right now. Uh, An example for like I always use is like Apple versus Dell. Mm-hmm. Um, Dell did not keep up with the times. Like I remember growing up, Dell was like the leader in personal computers. Like everybody had a Dell, right. and then Apple came and just like swoop because <laughs> Dell were they were so comfortable. Like if we were using quarantine time right now, um, they would be the company there. It's like, oh, we'll wait. You know, while Apple, the company's like, okay, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep thinking of innovative ways, um, like to keep motivating my my consumers. So and now Apple's the number one. Like you know. Everything, phone, everything, not even, yeah, it's like everything because they didn't, they kept being innovative and they were consistent with branding. Gotcha. So you don't have to worry about like new content, just create, just put out content. That makes sense, of course. Don't just put out anything. Right. So I guess that's like the way that you would create brand loyalty is constantly feeding like more so the need of mm-hmm. the your customer, not necessarily the want. Like just put it in, yeah. like this is something that you need to have. Yeah, yeah. And you're actually like keeping your brand presence. Like I said, the branding part is the way you want to be perceived. So whatever message it is that you created around your business, um, like let's I'll use some examples like Tide. Everybody like thinks spring fresh. Like they always talk about freshness when you hear Tide. Um, when you hear uh, Charmin, you think soft, like soft rolls and paper um, toilet tissues. When you hear um, Doracell, you think of like strong battery, keep going, like so they've created that those those uh, brand awareness around their names. So when you have a, a flower company, you you want to think blossom or whatever it is that you're going to create it with. Like you keep that message going. So the consistency of that message. Like how many times have you seen a door cell battery and it's the bunny hitting the thing? Like I can picture that in my head. So they were consistent with that same message for years and years and years. So that's your branding right there. Right. But their business was actually. Uh, Procter and Gamble so it's like the company that actually owns all these things they they were just behind the scenes nobody really knows them as well but they know their brand they know Ty they know Charmin they know Dora so um they know all of them but they don't really know like Procter and Gamble right because I don't even know who that is you just taught me something yeah that's the, <laughs> that's the company that owns like all of those those essentials Nice. So um, there are companies that do it well that are like behind the scenes, like a practitioner of P&G. If you look at the labels of a lot of your things, you'll see P&G. But um, there are brands who are very successful as being a business and a brand. And those are like the Apples, 
the McDonald's, the Nikes. Nike has other things, even Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola has other brands under the Coca-Cola house. But everybody knows Coca-Cola because they were both successful at doing both. But their campaign message has always been the same. Gotcha. Would you say that, like, why, as you were discussing, like, those promotional ads for Instagram and Facebook, do you think it's more beneficial to allow Instagram and Facebook to trigger those ads automatically? Because you know how you can go in and say, like, create your own where it targets a certain consumer, um, you know, what they're like, what their interests are. Would you say it's more beneficial for a business owner to let it be automatic or for them to actually create, like, the demographic um, themselves of who they feel their target consumer is? Yeah, I would always say it's better to create and target your audience, but you should know the type of audience that you're wanting to target. And this could change up like during the, the course of your business. Mm-hmm. Let's say I've already had, um, I'm a brand who's a streetwear brand. And I've already had like the hood on lock, but I want like the crossover into more of um, mainstream media. So I would start targeting those types of like crossover uh, influencers or neighborhoods that, okay, so I might live in Philadelphia, but I'm going to target like the suburbs of Philadelphia now. So I'm going to, you know, reach out a little bit further, but still close to my, my area codes. So things like that. So I would definitely target who you want your audience to look like, but also be realistic about it and just know that these are, these people would be interested Gotcha. So, um, and if you're like a brand that's selling a specific service, so if you are an accountant, like I'm going to hit up areas that have prom- have a lot of businesses, like look at zip codes. I, I'm, I'm always online just like searching different things like richest neighborhood or neighborhood with the most African-American uh, millionaires or like I'm always searching just like keywords to, to hone in on specific areas, neighborhoods with the most moms like i don't know like oh, you're things. very specific you got to get in there and like really yeah, get super duper detail with it yeah you really do and you find like they have all that information that's why i said google's always been a really good teacher for me because you can find anything you're looking for and if you can't find it online like it probably doesn't exist gotcha. um can you talk a little bit about like some of the services like that you offer um to a brand and like what stage they should like kind of contact you and reach out to you to start working with you and the services that you have? Um, yeah, I'm also in the back end. I do more of the brand packaging, the whole branding identity and what it is that they're putting out there to their consumers. So I work with brands on campaign shoots. I do a lot of um, visual content. I do um, just the back end packaging of your of your business, like your media kit, your, your, um, your press releases i'm not really pr related but i do work with a lot of publicists i actually publicists love working with me because i make their job easier because i'm handing them everything so it's like here you go i made them pretty here you go (laughs) boom all the work's done (laughs) all the work's done you just have to put it out there i do a lot of content writing for different things um i'm the one that's pretty much like what you see like if you see a brand instagram um like what it is that they're posting what it is that they're going to use for their ads what it is their website looks like. I'm usually the one responsible for that creation, the can the idea, the the storytelling. What it is that um like they have a I have a I'm looking at a box of Tic Tacs like it's orange. So like I would use I would be the one who said let's make this orange and then let's come up with some dope visuals for this and then let's put out a, a marketing plan for it and then let's send it out to some influencers let's create the packages let's like I'm the one that's coming up with all of that and then I'm like okay I put it all together now let's get a, a publicist to really talk about what it is that we just did you're like a creative director too <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah anything that has to do with that 
Um, but I normally work with businesses who have already like I have my business. Now I need my branding. Gotcha. I think that's kind of like uh, even how we even created this collection because like me working like with Lili and Lili like is connected to you. And that was like kind of the space that I was when it comes to like my businesses. Like, OK, mm-hmm. what else I got to do next? You know, <laughs> like I got to mm-hmm. figure this out. And I didn't I didn't even think about it. Like she came to me and she was just like, mm-hmm. this is what I could do for you. And I was just like, oh that's a great idea. Yep. Like, let's do yeah. that. So I'm so happy <laughs> and so blessed. And then she told me that she was working with you and she told me about you. And I'm like, oh, come on, black girl magic. Like, <laughs> I, just, I just love every piece of it. Yeah, we have so much in the work that we're trying to do. We want to do a lot more stuff like overseas, especially in like the African market. Because um, us both being from Africa, we um, we know the potential. And we actually met over there, like uh, in Morocco. So it's like we nice. see that it has so much growth. There's so many like over there was so exciting and, and different is like the gender roles. Like men are actually the tailors over there. So when I was um, there for like a month, all the things that I purchased were from like men who were creating all the garments. And I thought that was so cool. So it's just in the fabrics, like everything is just a, a rich area of so much resource that people haven't really tapped into yet. And um, really want to just see what else can be done over there. Amazing. I love that. Um, let's talk a little bit about like women in fashion marketing. Well, I guess black women mm-hmm. specifically in fashion marketing and branding. Do you find that there are a lot of black women in your role or do, like in your role and in your field? Or do you feel like there's definitely um, a need for more there? Um, it's funny because when I first started, I, I didn't really know what this was. I didn't even know what title to give myself. I didn't know what what I was doing. Honestly, I was just working. So I just knew business and I knew uh, marketing and I just love the whole advertising role. Like, honestly, if I can go back to school, I would probably would have went back for um, advertising and, and worked at, like, an advertising firm or something. Nice. So um, I honestly feel like now I do see a lot more people who are who are coming online and saying they are, like, brand strategists or brand. But I felt like it was kind of a facade as well because my question to a lot of people when, when they um, even hit me up or hit my client up or asking, I'm like, so what have you done? to like say that you can do that for another business how is your business so a lot of people wouldn't have that like answer answer for me so it's then so I'm just like okay then maybe you should come on as like a junior or like you know like don't try to help another person's business or take their money or you know try to do that if you haven't really established it for yourself or for other people like you don't have those case studies you don't have those results you know, so I definitely think it's still needed, but it should be needed. It's needed in a more um, real way. Gotcha. Definitely need to push that. You hear that at first, guys? You need to pursue <laughs> pursue careers in fashion branding, fashion marketing, fashion advertising. Yeah, There's something. definitely a need for black women in that space for sure. We have yeah. lots of designers, but there needs to be more people on the back end to kind of like push mm-hmm. that agenda forward. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely have the want for it and, and like the drive for it. I always I hire people more so on passion and drive than I do on skill set. But skill set is actually more needed if you're if somebody's trusting you with their money. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't hire a photographer that's never shot before. I wouldn't, you know, hi, you know, like he can be passionate about it, but he's not going to be my main photographer. He's going to be somebody on the team assisting. So maybe if you're still if you're somebody who has no prior experience in it, don't come in saying you're like the leader or you own an agency. Just say you're like help, like, you know, just 
I want to be a part of a growing team. Like I want to yeah. grow and I want to <laughs> learn as well. Yeah, so Absolutely. that way next year you have more of a caliber to really pursue what it is that you want to do. I think a lot of people skip the steps. Like I'm saying 13, 14, 15 years I've been doing this and um, it's, I was always the worker. You know, I assisted a lot of people. And even till this day, if I see a, a, somebody shooting a major campaign and I'm like, I want to learn, I'm going to assist on set. Right. So I'm still. I always humble myself, and I and I I work a lot of television campaigns and stuff. But um, I actually don't put those out. But because I'm not the one that's like doing, it, I'm just assisting. But I'm learning. But you work like, but you like you never stop learning. Like there's always no, room for like learning. growth and learning and educating yourself yeah. more and more. And especially as times change, if, as new technology comes into place, you're you're constantly growing and learning. And even in your business, like it never stops. I feel like I have to tip it. Yeah, I've gotten uh, quite a few questions. It's like, oh, how do you create like? the perfect like branding strategy and when do you know that it's right and I'm just like I don't know yeah it might be right for that time you know and I'm like and I'm not a branding expert I don't know anything about branding so you you first of all you're barking up the wrong tree because I don't know anything (laughs) about it so I'll continue somewhere else but then I had like questions this is all like in one live stream that I did they asked me questions about uh when did I become proficient in you know sewing and pattern making and I'm just like I'm still not proficient like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good at it. But I, I'm always growing. I'm always learning. I'm always seeking out that education. And I find that um, in this industry, because it is, when I'm just in fashion, beauty, it's, it's very psychological that people just want to put something out. They want to put it out now. And it's just like, take your time. Keep educating. Keep learning. Like, you know, really, like, ease into it. Because I just don't really feel like the fashion, the beauty industry is going anywhere. Like, it's always going to be here, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. It's always gonna and it's recycling. Like it's it's a ever revolving door. Like I watch a lot of old content for inspiration. Um, I'm a big fan of like 1950s, 60s, 70s movies. I look at that for a lot of creative inspiration when I'm trying to think of ideas for branding a product or branding a client or a service. I actually like will binge on like a lot of old commercials or old campaigns or um things like that because it recycles like you don't always have to come up with the newest ideas you can improve another so um you can just take inspiration from other things but those are just those are the days that you really sit and have to like hone into your ideas and really come up with some creative stuff makes perfect sense what would you say are some of the biggest challenges facing like the fashion um industry right now when it comes to like branding um, I would say just that, like the diversity in it. Um, mm, yeah. But there are brands that are really doing a great job. I, I actually love um, Yumu. Their campaigns, they have like a whole campaign called Women's Tales that I watch religiously. And they're like storytelling visuals. So I love brands that are just always taking it to the next step. Like Women's Tales are mini movies. They're like one-minute movies. But it's it's about the clothes. But it's about the, the the model. It's about the emotion. They create an experience for you to watch, so it makes you tone in to the the clothing, like the way it moves, the the way the girl cried, and maybe a drop hit her her silk. Like there's so much just just feeling into it. Um, Gucci does a good job with that as well, and they're bringing in like older designers like Dapper Dan and different things like that who have history in the brand. So I love that. I love collaborations. I think that's like a big thing. And I think I love when brands do that. Like Target does a great job with that. We're introducing the designers on a, on a smaller scale for everybody to, to consume. I love that. So um, things like that should keep going. And I think they will keep going, especially after this. They're going to be a lot more 
in-store activations, a lot of events. Um, so like I said, do not think that this like uh, epidemic is going to really stop that world. It's actually going to just make it more creative or it's going to take us back to the days when we didn't have like the digital age. So like after this, I don't think a lot of people will want to be on their phones as much. They're going to want to be outside more. So um, brands are going to be doing a lot more activations. They're going to come back stronger than they were four years ago. Got it. So I have a, one more segment. It's called It's a Success or It's a Disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and It's a Success, It's a Disaster segment is sponsored by Rich Nurse, which is a brand that empowers nurses to live life abundantly through fashion. They sell clothing, accessories, and beauty products for nurses. Presently, they're offering 15% off for all of their listeners using promo code Black in Fashion 15 Check them out um, and send all your nurse friends their way um, at shoppingrichnurse.com. Also check out um, Wear Lapels. They are offering 80 percent off their website through april 30th um use code 80 wow in all caps um they have neckties pocket squares lapel pants bracelets jewelry all of the above now for it's a look or it's a disaster tell me about a time you were with a client where it completely was a disaster but you learned something special about it and it maybe it sparked something that you use in your career moving forward that turned into a success that was based off of a disaster um, whew, what time? Let's see. <laughs> when you're on set, you know, it's very unpredictable. Um, you can try to be as professional as possible yourself. Um, I would say, let's see, let's use a recent one. I started working with like uh, a cus- um, concert series and um, that was a whole new role for me. That's one thing about me too. I'm like, you're like, you're everywhere. I'm like, I know. <laughs> but um, I started working with a concert series and the first show that I ever did with them, like um, I wasn't as tight in my, I guess, security or like the people who I invited around. So um, they they ended up inviting somebody else. And of course, it's a concert. It's a celebrity and it's a highly like big, it's a big celebrity. So you can't just have people coming in their back end. And we were responsible for like the dressing and the just the whole experience for the celebrity that's coming in. So um, that my me inviting somebody who invited somebody else, like it just became a security hazard. And um, that was my first time working. I was just like, oh, my God. And I'm really hard on myself because I'm like, girl, you know, like, right. why did you invite that person? And then that person ended up, invite, you know, it was just a mess. But um, the second show, thank God. No, <laughs> like not. I, I went above and beyond to make sure that it was literally just my team that I work with all the time. And then we had people meet us at the door outside. We gave us stuff, handed it. Like we just were super tight with it. And the guys noticed that too. They were like, this is perfect. Nobody had anything to say, but great, 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 great thing. Great. Come on, customer service. She's like, you know what? Let me just make sure I can do a complete 360, right? <laughs> okay. I was like, oh, hell no. You're, this is not me. And you will not see this for me again. Like I'm somebody, I'm like, you just got to tell me once. Yeah, I'm like that too. I'm like, oh, yep, got it. Uh, got my it. mother, my <laughs> mother called those a lot of times. She called them bought lessons when you end up having to pay for it. She said, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you bought that lesson. You, yeah, you. I bet you you learn now. I, I bet that. you won't do it again. <laughs> I love that. You mm-hmm. should make that a whole situation. That could right. be shirt. Yeah, it's like bought lessons from Kelly. My mother's yeah, name I, is Kelly G. Kelly bought lessons. Mama quotes. Yeah, <laughs> I could definitely see that on shirts and stuff. See how my mind works. I'm like, oh, I could see that. Yeah, see, I love that's that. Actually, yeah, that's actually really a dope slogan. You should run with that. 
Yeah, you know I'm a designer. You know I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna write it down yeah. right now. on <laughs> I can see it a lot of places because it's like it, it's people are gonna make up their own wording around it. It's like you're creating something that can be so many other things. Like yeah. that could be so many other things. And I got so many of those. My mother is a philosopher. Oh, please! <laughs> I, have I have so many of those. So yeah, I feel keep like you have coming. put them on on your on your stuff. Like definitely a back of a coat. I could see that ball. Yeah, and I make outerwear, <laughs> so that and yep. I make purses. I could put them on the inside. <laughs> Yep. That's what's up. Actually, thank you. Come on. See? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> now, I feel like you have so many achievements and like so many goals already accomplished. Um, where do you see yourself like in the next five years? Um, right now my focus is to really slow down. I'm always traveling. I'm always like I feel like that's the part of my life that I kinda um missed out on like the kids and the family because I was the girl that was like never around traveling. I'm always on set. I'm always running around. I just never gave myself the time to like really like you know like the dating and all that stuff. Yeah. I would. I mean, I was um, married, but I feel like my job really came between my 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 marriage because I was still so focused on that and building myself and still like one. Oh, I would be home for like a day, and I'm like, oh, I'm out. I gotta fly out tomorrow. So right now, my whole game plan is to just really establish my my agency, my team. So team building is my biggest thing right now, making sure that everybody who is working with me, working around me is as hungry as I am and as focused as I am and can take on and, and be there. Because my clients are very like, oh, you're not coming. I don't want anybody else to come. But I'm mm -hmm. like, no, I need you to understand that I can't be everywhere. So I just want my team to be as, you know, strong as um, I've created what I my my role to be. Oh, so. yes. For the training and development. Yeah, so that's yeah. my biggest thing now, to train to train up a few mini Miriams running around and then um, with their own unique skills and abilities. And then um, that way I can just, you know, be like, hey, guys, let's Take get a on the call. Let out. me know how that shoot went. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Low balance. I, I find that, you know, and, I, and I, I get that question often, too. And I'm just like, they're like, how do you find the time? What do you do? And I'm like, I have a ritual every morning. I don't start my day without my crystals, my meditation, my journaling, and just that. taking that time for myself because you can get so wrapped up and consumed in your work. And I'm I'm very like you in that sense as far as like, you know, I got goals. I want to do it. I want to do mm -hmm. podcasting and I want to put out information. Mm -hmm. I'm teaching. I'm consulting. I'm, I'm creating my I'm about own to say line. That girl. You got a lot. Yeah, I do I a like, lot. I have a, <laughs> yeah, I have a non-for-profit, you know, I have a non-for-profit for black, it's called the Black Girls Designer Ooh. Club, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to do fundraising. I'm doing grant writing. So I, I feel you in that sense of like being that multifaceted woman. And that's also what my clothing line is. It's for that woman, you know, so just mm -hmm. being able to find that balance. Like I do not start my day without my prayer, without my meditation, without holding my crystals, my mantras, my journaling. For me, it just sets my tone. And I wind down at the end of the night, too, and just know how to, you know, really get into utilizing that time management. And it was I wasn't always like that, but I felt like it was a need. Like, you cannot be this consumed with your work. Like, I get it. You got to yep. go. But try to find that balance in between. And I feel like I find it, I find something different to incorporate within that all the time. And being able to take a step back and, I watched that Netflix series called She Did That with all of those black women entrepreneurs and mm -hmm. all things they were mm -hmm. doing. They said, learn the power of no. I'm like, that's right. No, yeah. I cannot yeah. do that. Like, no, yeah. I cannot. It's Sunday. Stop texting yep. me. It's my favorite word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sunday's actually my day off. Yeah. Well, I, thank you um, for doing I, this. 
Oh, no, no. I mean, I feel like I have every day off now. It's just like you're just chilling. Okay. So my schedule is like I really just been working when I want to now. So it's more so a want situation. Right. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I now I'm really big on office hours. Um, before I used to be like, oh, yeah, I'm up 11, 11, 11 o'clock. I'm like, yeah, I'm up. I'm working. What do you want? <laughs> and now I'm just like, um, yeah, let's let's touch base tomorrow. You know, like that's my biggest thing. Let's touch let's base, base tomorrow. Love that. Or Monday, it's Saturday. Um, you know, unless it's like a dire need, if your business is like burning down to the ground. But if it's not, if it's something that could wait till Monday, just wait till Monday, please. Absolutely. Like I want to have my mind and my my team's mind like crisp and always active. But um, we, we also are human and we have to rest as well. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Can you throw out like your social media so people know like where to find you and follow you? I'll also put it in the show notes, but I want you to kind of throw it out there as well. Yes. Make sure you guys follow me. I'm actually really funny. I love my stories. But <laughs> follow my page. Um, it's Moi Sharif and it's Moi as an M-O-I Sharif S as in Sam H-E-R-I-F as in Frank. Perfect. And this will also be in the show notes, guys. Make sure to check her out and look at her work. And I really appreciate you joining me on this Sunday. And if you just have like a suggestion for like, it's some, I have the thing called It's a Muse. So if there's any reading or articles or anything you, you think someone wants to check out, you know, you could just throw oh, it out yeah, there as well. Yeah. Okay. That's perfect. Yeah. I'm an audible girl. So um, I'm forever just listening and multitasking. Gotcha. All right. Well, thank you so much. Is there any is there any readings that you suggest or articles that you suggest that anyone take a look um, at maybe right now? Yeah, I think you inspired? guys should. Um, yeah, be like Amazon is the is the latest book that I listened to on on Audible. Um, it definitely tones in on marketing and business and branding. Um, and it's just Amazon's like, of course, you know, the number one company. So I always strive to look at companies who are just killing it. So it's called Be Like Amazon. Be like the great Amazon. audible. I was re- I really love the narrators. Um, their voice is entertaining. So you can listen to that brushing your teeth. Like I just put it on and just do whatever. But it really you really do listen. Love. And it's a quick listen. It's like an hour and a half or two. Be like Amazon, guys. I'll put that in the show notes too. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Miriam. You have a wonderful Sunday and I will be in touch soon. I'll definitely send over the podcast when it's already and complete, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye.